Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us for today. And it's Friday, so happy Friday to everyone. And we'll also be taking a look at what is up for the weekend. I can't even believe it's the weekend already. Although each day this week has been crazy for me as I'm trying to catch back up from being out of town for a week and wow, all the emails, right? And where I was, I had no cell signal, so I couldn't, you know, even keep up like moment by moment with anything important. So consequently, if I've missed anybody's emails, please let me know that I didn't answer you. I don't think that there's anybody left out there that wanted uh, some information or anything, but if so, let me know. But we had a wonderful time. It's always nice to get away. And even though there was some sadness in this trip, as it was the anniversary of Brian's death, we all made it through it together. And I should share this picture with all of you, but because he died on 7-11, and here uh, in the States, anyway, we have this chain of stores called 7-Eleven. And on the date 7-Eleven, they give out free Slurpees. And uh, we we had gotten back into town. We went to another lake to spend the day. And on the way home, we all stopped at 7-Eleven and we got a big group picture uh, in front of the 7-Eleven sign. And I kind of related to the store manager, you know, what had happened and why the whole family was together to do this. And, and somehow corporate 7-Eleven found out and uh, they took the, they want the picture and they want us to come back and do a picture every year. So that was kind of fun, kind of a way for, um, you know, Brian's legacy to live on. And uh, next year, maybe we'll have uh, more family members with us. My daughter's getting married, although Aaron was with us. And uh, so maybe uh, Amanda will be able to join us and Wyatt as well. Although Wyatt went with us for the camping trip. Wyatt was Brian's uh, son is Brian's son. And anyway, we had a great time. It was good to be home. However, you know, there's no showers there, no running water. It's, you know, primitive sort of camping. There is water there uh, that you can fill up containers with, but not that you could run the motor home to. So it was pretty, it was like um, mini glamping camping, but we had a good time nonetheless. And it's always beautiful. We were at Baker Lake which is a, a lake that was, uh, it's an artificial, there was a lake there, but it was made bigger by a dam and coming off the Baker River. And uh, I, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Pacific Northwest, we have a lot of volcanic peaks around here, Mount Baker being one of them and Mount Shuxon another one. And we were nestled right between the two of them. Beautiful sight. It was perfect, perfect, perfect. So here I am back today and uh, being with you guys is one of my favorite things to do, of course. And today we have quite a bit to talk about, not so much about uh, anything in particular. We're going to look at sort of general things. First of all, we're going to look at where the moon is. The moon is in Aquarius today and we'll spend the weekend, however, in the sign of Pisces. So we have sort of dual signs to take a look at for the moon. But then tomorrow we also have the superior conjunction of mercury to the sun and i want to really dive into that we i meant to do that one day when we had the inferior conjunction back when mercury was retrograde but i think there were so many other things going on that day and i think we ended up with pia and colin on the show that day so i didn't get to really go into the details but today i want to go into the details of what that conjunction is and what is the mercury sun cycle all about and then as well if we have time i want to dive into the human design week where the sun is at the gate 62 and the 62 is on the throat center and where the earth is at the gate 61, which is the center gate coming down from the uh, head center toward the Ajna and uh, talking about what do those mean for us for the week. And, you know, literally we have just the weekend with these gates on Monday, the, or I guess all the way through Monday, it will be Tuesday, the gates will change. So yeah, there's a good reason to go over that. Uh, so let me say good morning to people who are checking in. I see a lot of you here. Good morning, Debbie tibbets Tumiel. Good to see you. Corey, hello to you. Pauline Yee Blenner, good to see you. She said, yes, off-grid occasionally needed. 
Indeed, indeed. Kajella, good morning to you. Natasha, hello. Christine Buckingham, hello. And Gayla, good morning to you. She says, hello, galactic souls. I love that, of course. Um, guess what happened, though? The whole time we were on vacation, I kept thinking, oh, this is going to be so awesome, right? We're up away from the city lights and around the lake, we could go lay down, you know, on the ground there or on the beach and see the sky. Uh, yeah, that would work if there weren't a lot of clouds, big fluffy clouds that certainly kept the temperatures more comfortable up there because it can tend toward, you know, hot. Uh, but it obscured the night sky and we sat out looking up and we, a, a star would pop out and then maybe another star never, ever got to see the whole entire night sky. And, uh, yeah, that was disappointing, but of course I know they're there. Um, maybe another time we'll be able to see that. Awesome. Tanya. So glad to see you again. I know I missed you. I missed you as well. Pam Zaruba. Good morning. Brenda Gagnon. Hello. No, Brian was my youngest son. And he died last July and we were uh, honoring his um, passing and being with him. And I got to tell you some weird things going on, right? Just, I know he's so, he's just so right here. I don't even know how else to explain it. Those of you who have lost, you know, loved ones who you were close to, you might understand that sometimes you just feel like they're here. Like, I can't see him, but I know he's here in, in the way that some things happen um, almost guiding me in some cases to, to different things. And it's really extraordinary as an experience. Of course, I'd much rather have him here in the physical with me. However, um, in the meantime, I am glad to know that he is still around us. Pauline says, honor him. Nice. Any stipend or free 7-Eleven while commercial runs. Yeah, you get free 7-Eleven Slurpees. But they're the little ones. And of course, we were hot and we were tired. So we got bigger ones. So we paid for them. Requiem for a Tuesday. Happy Friday to you as well. Good morning, Tom. It's good to see you. And uh, Brenda, I know. Thank you so much. Um, it's interesting because um, I guess I'll spill the beans a little bit. Uh, last year, when just, just before Brian died, I was planning on launching a human design training course. And Pauline, I don't think you'll mind if I share this part of the story. Um, I had it all ready to go, right? And then we were going to launch the the marketing part of it. Me, when I say we, I mean Asa and I, because she was working with this uh, on this with me. We were going to launch the marketing on Friday, which would have been July 9th. But when we went to launch it, something, some weird thing showed up in the advertising part of it. So we we had to make a correction. And then we just decided, okay, well, let's launch it on Monday, July 12th. Well, then Brian died that Sunday night and that whole program just got kind of set on the back burner. And I just didn't have the will to complete it. Um, it, it just wasn't the right timing. And so it's just been sitting out there in nowhere land, not even on my radar. But in talking with Pauline earlier this week, she says to me, Oh, yeah, I want to join your class that you're going to be teaching that's launching. The, the class itself was going to be starting on July 23rd of last year, even though the marketing was going out July 12th. And I said, um, honey, I don't have any classes going on. I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, sure you do. And I said, well, maybe it's another human design rep. And she's like, no, it's you. And I went, well, I don't have anything that I'm teaching coming up. And all of a sudden I went July 23rd. Why does that date sound so familiar? And all of a sudden I realized what she was talking about. I have no clue how it is she knows about it because I didn't launch it, right? I didn't, I might've put out some newsletter saying preparing for it to come out, but I, why would that suddenly come up, right? So I went, Pauline, oh my gosh, as a generator, I need something outside of me to be able to respond to. And my whole body just got chills in the response to putting that back out for the world. And what it is, is a, a course for people who are coaches or counselors or just regular Joes who want to learn human design to be able to help their family or their friends. And uh, so it was basics of human design and it was going to be in four levels. 
And uh, when she did that, I was when she said that, I was just like chills, like this is time, I guess, for this to happen. So, Pauline, what you don't know is that after my session with you, I went on to another client and she's someone who just has uh, I was doing her follow up to her human design. And she said, I'm so excited about this. I'm a counselor and I really can see how I could use this with my clients. So I want to learn more. And I went, okay, universe, I get it. You want me to do this. So pretty soon. I'm not sure I'm going to do it this summer. I probably will wait until September just because I'm going to have to go back, see where I was, what had I already finished, what did I still need to complete. And I will be bringing that back out for everybody. And at the, the beginning, I had the first two levels, level one and level two, going into the depth of human design. And I think I want to tweak it a little bit to be astro design. So it will be more astrology, human design combined, but that will be coming up as we get to the end of summer, you'll start to hear about that. So I'm, it's just a, I don't know if Brian is there, like manipulating this, like giving me a push, mom, go back to this. And he's using Pauline and he's using my other uh, client to get that to me or what it was, but it's one of the more, more uh, spooky yet exciting things that have happened uh, in, in recent memory to me here with this. So uh, yeah, Tanya, awesome. It is awesome. Sign me up, she says. It is. It was going to be such a great class. And I remember how excited I was at the time. But as you can imagine, my whole life was thrown into chaos after Brian died. And I just I think there was a part of me that didn't go want, want to go back to what I was doing at the time he died, as in the memories would be too strong and powerful. But at the same time, now it seems after a year has gone by that uh, everything feels different, right? It feels sort of renewed. All the firsts um, without him have taken place. And I feel like I have the space now to bring that back. So uh, we, I will be sharing that with you over time here. Uh, all right, let's dive in to this particular day, shall we? Today we have the moon in Aquarius, and uh, it's the last full day of the moon in Aquarius at 1.18 tomorrow morning, my time, West Coast time, the moon will switch out of Aquarius and into Pisces. So let's just run down what it means to be an Aquarius, and then we'll look at Pisces. So when the moon is in Aquarius, it's a time for us to be open-minded, to have your mind wide open, not narrowed down, not opinionated, uh, not closed in any way, right? To keep your mind open, broadened, if you will, like broadening your horizons. Um, it's a time to be innovative and to think outside of the box. So looking at problems, you know, from a whole different perspective, perhaps, or looking at challenges from a different perspective, it is a time to be original, to really call the part of you out that is unique and is what the world is really wanting anyway, right? To be progressive, to move forward and to take one step and put the next step out. And I had a conversation with someone about this as well this week about, you know, sometimes, especially for generators, it's really hard because the you, you only get usually one step at a time, right? So, and that's very Saturn in Aquarius, which we have right now. It's very Saturn when it was in Capricorn as well, to take one step, do what you need to for that step. And when it's time, the next step will appear. So that's kind of my story of the woman cross, wanting to cross the river, railing at God because there was no way for her to get to the other side. And he says, look down, there's a step, a, a rock. She steps on the rock and she's like, now what am I gonna do? Now I'm stuck in the river. And he says, look down and there's the next rock. So we have this time period where the steps are going to be revealed to us one at a time. So that can be very difficult for generator types and manifesting generator types as well, uh, although they go about it in a little bit different way. Um, the projectors and manifestors and the reflectors, they're already used to hopefully how things can be a little slower. Uh, for them and also being revealed one step at a time. So with the moon in Aquarius, we have that feeling of do, being progressive, but not forcing or pushing things to happen. And the question we might ask ourselves is, what if we looked at things differently? 
what if we looked at the problems of the world, the problems, our own personal problems in a different way? What if we turned it upside down, as it were, and uh, saw things from a different point of view? How would that change who we were, how we behaved, what we would do, what, how we would open our minds up for things like that? What we want to avoid during the moon in Aquarius is closed-mindedness. We don't want to close down that mind. And that's more difficult for people who are defined in their Ajna. If you're defined in the Ajna, that is the second center down. And it would be green. And you're designed to think in a certain sort of way. But that doesn't mean you have to think in a closed-minded way, right? Not, not closed-minded, but you have a specific way of dealing with information as it comes in. So... Again, this might be a little more challenging for you, but absolutely, you can do the same. Take a look and see how it would be if we turned it upside down. We don't. We want to avoid condescension. We don't want to, you know, be the ugly voice for someone else's idea or for what someone else is doing. We don't want to be a know-it-all. We don't want to think that we know it all or that we've been there, done that, can't teach me anything new. And we want to avoid being the disruptive rebel. We want rebel energy because rebel energy, you know, breaks into new ground. But disruptive rebel means that we're, you know, throwing out maybe some of the good things instead of keeping what works, keeping what's best and moving forward with that. So avoid those kinds of things. And we should be really good. That's all through today and early, early into the morning. Uh, then we move into Piscean light. And of course, Pisces energy is really about the collective consciousness. So when we're dealing with the collective consciousness, we're dealing with the bigger picture of things. So we're dealing sometimes with um, the more idealistic or idealism side of things, right? We're seeing this bigger picture. It's almost as if we could be spirit and we could look back into um, the physical realm and we can see things from a different point of view. This is a sign that in the light is compassionate and kind and empathic or filled with empathy for their fellow human beings. Of course, there's the idealism and the idealistic point of view that Pisces brings to us. There's also selflessness, the ability to help others with that compassion and that love, the unconditional loving aspect of Piscean energy. There's also great sensitivity. So we have Saturday, Sunday, and into Monday, I believe. Yeah, Monday until early, early in the morning, Monday when the moon will switch out of Pisces, where we may feel more sensitive, not only sensitive emotionally, where we might find our feelings easily hurt, or we may unfortunately hurt somebody else's feelings, but psychically sensitive, right? Being more intuitive or noticing that, you know, there are other things going on around us. So that psychic sensitivity, emotional sensitivity, but also physical sensitivity in that, we might be more tired. We may find our dreams are more powerful um, and they may leave us with that sort of vague feeling of, of, you know, what did that mean? Or, you know, what were that, what was that imagery all about? And then as well, we have the imagination and the artistry that comes through Piscean energy. So those are all the positive things, but what do we want to avoid? Well, Pisces, is sometimes the sign of the victim. So we want to avoid that victim energy. We want to also avoid the martyr savior kind of complex of energies that can happen with uh, the sign with Pisces in the more negative expression. There might be boundary issues that we have to deal with where we are allowing someone to push our boundaries or we're pushing other people's boundaries. There could be confusion and a little bit of lethargy as we might feel tired or we might feel lower energy. All of that really is going to depend on how well you sleep during this period of time, during this weekend. And we also want to avoid the hopeless, helpless energy that can come in with Piscean uh, moon and as well escapism, right? I love a good book. I love a good podcast. Uh, I love a good TV show. Uh, but when is too much? When is it too much, right? When is it turning into escapism 
to avoid something that you have to do as opposed to doing something just because it's for fun. So those are the things that we're dealing with in the moon for uh, this coming weekend. And yes, Anya, thank you so much for bringing that up because my bad. All week long, I kept meaning to put it out there. And all week long, I found many other things to do. Uh, but today at noon, West Coast time, 3 p.m. East time is our Astro Design Meetup. Uh, I will post the Zoom link on Living Astrology's Facebook page and on the Living Astrology group or community page. That is where you need to go to look for that link. It's free. Bring your questions, bring your chart. And I don't care if we talk about human design, astro design, astrology, gene keys, galactic astrology, whatever it is that you have questions about. Um, it can be about your own personal chart. So that will be at 12 noon again, Pacific time, Zoom link on my Living Astrology page after the show is done today. My apologies for not being on that as usual. It's not going to be the same link, Tanya. It doesn't, actually, there is a way that I can use the same link, but not the same link that we used last time. I could reconvert it to my own personal link. Maybe I'll do that. And then it's always going to be the same. That would help. Uh, but look on the Living Astrology Facebook page, right? Go If you have to go into Facebook, type it in the address bar, Living Astrology, or in the search bar, Living Astrology, and that's where you're going to find the link. JLo says, I've been working with Lemon Balm and Mugwort, so it helps this manifesting generator. Awesome. Um, and thank you, JLo. Remember to hit the thumbs up button if you are on Facebook, the like button. If you are on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. And if you have not yet subscribed, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, share the video with your friends, with your family, uh, with your social media networks. I appreciate that. Natasha says, yay, I finally get to come to the Friday group, right? You're out of school. I love that. And let's see, what else did I miss? Um, da, 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 rose colored glasses too. Oh, yeah, Christine with uh, Pisces. Yeah, avoid the rose-colored glasses. Although I love having rose-colored glasses, right? There's not... The rose-colored glasses becomes a problem when you can't see reality, right? And when when reality comes in and, and grounds you, right? So when you've been living in this la-la land and suddenly something happens and you have to come down to earth, that's where sometimes those rose-colored glasses can become a problem, um, so there we have it. Uh, that's the moon. Now, any questions, go ahead and post those in the comment section and I will come back to those. Uh, I really want to spend some time talking about the mercury cycle. So the mercury cycle can be followed sort of like the moon cycle, right? We have the new moon, then we have the first quarter moon, then we have the full moon, and then we have the second quarter moon, and then we go back to new again. So we have this four quarter kind of cycle that goes on with the moon. But we also have this with uh, Mercury. And it's interesting because Mercury cycle is pretty much timed by the sun, right? So Mercury and the sun, while the moon is kind of sitting along with the, with the earth, Mercury is really sitting with the sun. And the the cycle runs much the same way, right? There's an inferior conjunction. Then there's the halfway point between that inferior conjunction. We could call it the, the first quarter, if you will, or the second quarter. It would be the last quarter, actually. And then we have the superior conjunction, which is like the full moon, right? The full moon time. And then we have the next quarter, and then we have the inferior conjunction again. So we have these four different cycles of, of information and um ideas and changes in our thinking in what we're talking about that come about because of the sun mercury cycle now tomorrow we're experiencing the superior conjunction the superior conjunction happens when mercury is the furthest from earth so you could think about him if we had a straight line we'd have the earth here we'd have the sun and then we would have Mercury on the other side of the sun. So Mercury is kind of hidden from our view. And the superior conjunction only happens when Mercury is in direct mode. If Mercury is direct, I mean, is uh, retrograde, then it's an inferior conjunction, meaning Mercury is in between the sun and the earth 
closer to the earth, let's say, the closest he comes to the earth. And in the superior conjunction, he's furthest away from the earth, but also is um, a time when he is on the other side of the sun. So we have that full moon sort of feeling that comes up with this. And rather than it being a more internalized or emotional based um, kind of energy, it becomes more of a mind energy, a thinking energy. Uh, how is it affecting what ideas we have? How is it affecting what we're thinking about, how we're thinking, what we're thinking, how we're then communicating our thoughts, etc. Now, Mercury, of course, we know is the ruler of two signs, Gemini and Virgo. And in those two um, phases that he's in, in, in Gemini, but also in Virgo, we have a lot of focus on thinking and speaking energy. So when we when we're looking at Mercury, we seem to be sort of overly focused on the logical side of things, the uh, and an analyzing kind of energy or uh, just the thinking processes in general. Right. We're kind of move, we move away from the more emotional responses or reactions and we're more into the what's logical, what makes sense kind of energies. Now, we also call Mercury the ruler of liminal space. So a new word for you or a new phrase for all of you today, liminal space. Now, what is liminal space? Well, we also call Mercury the guardian of the threshold and liminal space is the precipice of something new. So if you look it up, I just did a Google search because I thought everybody's going to want to know what that word means. What does liminal space mean? And if you look it up on Google, it'll say it is the feeling of being on the precipice of something, not fully in one place and not fully in the new place. And you know how uncomfortable we all get when we're not sure about what to do, what to, where to go, who to be, what comes next, right? So it's liminal space. So Mercury as the ruler of that space then brings us to the brink sometimes of something new. Now, I wanted to look at the mythology a little bit, just because, you know, I love myths and I know you guys kind of love myths too. Well, in mythology, Mercury and Apollo were half brothers. Apollo is the representation of the sun, while Mercury, the representation of the thinking and speaking, but he was also a trickster. He was quite the trickster god and he was actually Hermes. So it's Hermes and Apollo, right? I called it Mercury because that's what I'm always calling it. But in this myth, Mercury is Hermes and Apollo is the sun. And they were half brothers. They were both sons of Zeus by different mothers. And Mercury as a trickster or Hermes as a trickster stole 50 head of cattle from Apollo. And Apollo, being fire, had a temper, and everybody was a little worried about how Apollo was going to react to Hermes having stolen his favorite cattle, right, his favorite cattle. So to appease Apollo's anger, uh, Hermes gave him a lyra, lyre, so the lyre like a harp, um, accompanied song, and Apollo was so touched by the song that he forgave Hermes. And I thought it was just kind of funny because um, it follows along the lines of, you know, the, the Mercury and the sun. We always think of Mercury as the trickster when he's retrograde, right? Things turn upside down. Uh, your computer stops working. Your car goes up, you know, in, in smoke. Weird things happen, right, during Mercury's in retrograde or Hermes in retrograde, if you want to call him that. And uh, so this this trickster energy, you know, we see it in other mythologies. We see it with Loki and Thor in um, the Norse mythologies. And so Mercury is often playing, Mercury Hermes is often playing that role of, of the trickster. Now, when we get to the superior conjunction, what does all of that mean? Because the superior conjunction, like the regular conjunctions, um, have different meanings, right? The superior conjunction is when Mercury is direct. So he's moving forward, right? He's bringing in new information uh, from that precipice. So he's at this precipice of bringing something in. There's possibly a dawning realization in all of us, something new coming in. I kind of feel like that almost happened yesterday 
our day before yesterday, I can't remember which day it was now, uh, must have been Wednesday, um, with, you know, this kind of feeling of going backwards to something, a project that I was already working on, but being at the precipice of bringing it back again. So resurrection kind of energy. And it's very full moon-like. So we have this idea that in the full moon, we have revelation or we have epiphany, right? Or we have something that is revealed to us, something that lie, was lying in the shadows that uh, dawns on us. We also have the energy of completion sometimes or something ending in order for something new to begin to get ready for the new moon. Well, the same thing here, except because we're dealing with information, or ideas, what we have instead is sort of this little light bulb that turns on and everything begins to make sense. Where before it was garbled, and it might still be a little garbled, right? It might still be a little slow in uh, becoming that realization. But as we spend more time with this superior conjunction, everything begins to come into that full illumination. We might not have absolute clarity yet, but we feel like the light is now on, right? So we can see. So our minds at this point in time, if you're a thinker, if you're a Gemini, if you're a Virgo, or you have Virgo or Gemini on the rise or placed in your third house of your uh, astrology chart, um, you may have this feeling that your, your mind is filled with unintegrated data or thoughts or ideas or information that still needs to be synthesized. Like, I don't know where all the parts go yet. Um, and all of you could be feeling that, not just those signs that I, I mentioned, but those signs that I mentioned, Mercury is probably really creating that for you. And so here is where you could say we have mental digestion that begins. So all of the new ideas, all of the new things that have come in, um, or things that have dawned on you that you didn't quite know where they, where to place them, you know, how do they fit, will begin to start to make sense. And after this time, Mercury then becomes the evening star, right? So remember back on June 24th, when we had that series of five planets in the sky that you could see, well, one of them was Mercury. And when could we see this? It was in the morning sky, but Mercury was very low to the horizon. So you already knew from that point of view that in a moment that sun was going to be in a conjunction. And then after that point, Mercury becomes the evening star. So kind of like Venus, right? How Venus has her time as the morning star, then she has her time as the evening star. And so what the evening star characterizes is a mental stress, intellectualism, right? The intellectual mental stress that can create anxiety, the overthinking, the worrying, the anxiety that comes up. But it also presents us with the opportunity to develop a deeper understanding of the proper use of logic, the proper use of thinking, the proper use of our minds. So rather than our minds running away with us, it gives us this opportunity for us to really understand the wisdom in our mind and how we can apply wisdom to our thinking rather than just willy-nilly letting our minds run away with us right mental anxiety is terrible right because it creates all kinds of potential fear expressions it can talk us into and out of things a hundred things a day perhaps and literally you're thinking those thoughts right you're the one that has the power or the ability to put those thoughts in their proper perspective Sometimes that's more hidden from us, right? When Mercury is in, in retrograde, perhaps, or perhaps when Mercury's in one of the other forms of his cycle. But right now, this is a time to start to integrate all of that type of thing. Now, the uh, evening star starts a few, or the evening Mercury, because he's not a star, he's a planet, but the evening Mercury will begin a few days from now after the uh, superior conjunction. And this will be. Um, a time when it'll be good for us to sift through all the contents of our minds, right? The sorting of information, like toss that idea, toss that idea, leave this one in, this one stays, that one goes, kind of thinking. To become more systematic even in how it is we approach what we're thinking about or what it is that we want to do. Um, becoming more deliberate 
in the way that we're thinking or in the way that we're gathering information. So it does give us a more organized sort of pathway um, over these next few weeks uh, to be able to gather information, let go of the information or the factoids that don't fit, that we don't need, that is over information. And we also get this dual nature in ideas, in our thinking that becomes very <laughs> very obvious to us, right? The dual nature of an idea of uh, a thought, right? That of what we could do or what we can't do. And so we get to see how our thinking can get polarized. And then that pushes us to become more objective, right? The objectivity returns where we can kind of step back from the thinking processes and we can become more uh, able to see how, you know, where our thinking has gotten us into trouble, where we've been on this more closed-minded path. And now if we step back, we become more open-minded. It has a very Aquarian feel to it. Um, and then we can start to do something with the gathered information. We can begin to see, okay, this is where it's leading me, kind of like the cracker crumbs, breadcrumbs in uh, Hansel and Gretel story, right, where we're following the breadcrumbs. Uh, although we're not going into the wolf's mouth with this one, we are going into a new uh, territory, right? Um, now is the time for us to look to the past for wisdom. Interesting because Mercury isn't retrograde during this time, so we can be more objective about the past, right? If we are in the retrograde, looking to the past can feel less objective and more subjective, but looking to the past now can give us some wisdom about what to do here in this now. Um, our thoughts begin to be directed more inward at this point in time, because we are now, the superior conjunction marks the halfway point between Mercury's direct and next retrograde cycle. Um, so this will be a time for us to question our thoughts and our ideas, question traditions, question why things are the way they are, or why we thought they could only be this sort of way. So it's a time for us to really begin to understand our thoughts in um, maybe in ways that we hadn't ever really looked at it before. And thinking about the superior conjunction, which is tomorrow, it's when what's been invisible begins to become visible to us. So what's been hidden or what we haven't quite understood completely um, an idea that wasn't completely fleshed out yet begins to become visible to us, right? Or usable for us. So hopefully that's helpful for all of you. We could go through all of the different cycles, but I think this is the most important one to think of for right now, since this is where we are in, and, you know, think of the impacts of the, um, let's, let's do that. Let's look at the gates that this will be occurring in. So Mercury uh, tomorrow is the, what is tomorrow? It's the 16th. So Mercury tomorrow is going to be in the gate. Oh, of course, it's going to be in the gate 62, Janet. What are you thinking? Uh, because it's going to be in the same gate that the sun is in. And isn't this interesting? Because the sun right now is sitting at the gate 62. The 62 is a gate that sits on the throat center. It's called the gate of uh, details in the preponderance of the small. Sometimes it's called the gate of small thinking or of um, uh, in um, the gene keys, it's the gift of precision. And in the, the shadow, it's called the gift, it's called the shadow of intellect. So you could see that our intellect might not be our friend when we have the sun sitting at this gate. But it gives us an opportunity to see that the devil is in the details. So sometimes um, uh, that cycle is just a couple of days, Kajela, and then we go into the uh, greatest elongation, but that doesn't happen until August. So we have probably that, that superior conjunction a few days, and then we move into the uh, nighttime Mercury or the uh, star uh, being able to see it at night. That'll last until about August 29th, I think it is. And then we start to move into the next part of the cycle, which is called the greatest elongation, something like that. So we'll talk about that more when we get to that. 
um, going back to the sun at 62, 62, the sun is in cancer. So we have cancer. So we know we have a sign that's a little bit protective, that's nurturing, mothering even, but can sometimes build walls around itself to protect it, to keep it secure and safe. And here in the gate 62, that protection looks like having an armor of info, right? Having details having an overwhelming amount of information that can turn into overwhelm, right? Can turn into mental anxiety. So the devil in the details, yes, we want to have the details. We want to see the forest and we want to see the trees, right? We want both. But in this particular gate, sometimes we tend to overthink and let's say you have a speech to prepare, you can over-prepare for that, never believing that you've got enough information, not trusting that you have everything you need and that when you need something else that the universe will provide that next step for you. Um, in this gate, we feel better with a plan. It's a, it's a very, it feels Virgoan to me, even though this is cancer. But of course, because Mercury is also going to be sitting here uh, with the sun at this gate, it feels like we we can't what's that saying we can't fly by the seat of our pants going forward right that we actually are going to have to take the time to work out a plan maybe that plan has to be by a, from a goal so maybe you need a goal first and then to work the plan so that you're prepared so that you're organized but not to go to the extreme I sometimes do this, like when I'm, I'm, I don't have this gate defined, so I can see how this is inconsistent energy in my own chart. But sometimes in this gate, we go to the nth degree in preparation. So I'll prepare for an hour or an hour and a half lecture, webinar, class, but I'll have pages, literally, you guys, pages. I do it in the morning too. I mean, I have pages of, or a page of several pages this morning. <laughs> Of, of information that I want to share, but I end up over-prepared, right? Like I can't get to all of that information. So in, in the process, it's created a lot of worry for me. And my worry is I'm not going to have enough information and I'm going to be done too soon. Or on the other hand, people aren't going to understand what I'm talking about. So I'm going to give more and more and more and more details, right? And then sometimes those details become intellectual uh, garbage, right? It just becomes too much, too many details, right? So while the devil's in the details, it could be in the devil, the devil could be that I don't have enough details, not enough info, not enough stuff, or the other way around where you have way too much and now it's overload, right? So we want to be prepared. We want to be, um, we have to trust that we are going to have the next steps available to us when it comes up. And now we have the sun and Mercury sitting at that particular gate. Now, I just want to look a little bit and see what the unbalanced expression here is, because, you know, if we're looking at the shadow of intellect, what we're looking at fear and worry, right? We're looking at the consequences of over preparation and the allowing of our plan to override or not following the plan, right? The plan can override our flow, right? Like we have to stick to this plan. And if we don't stick to this plan, then things aren't going to work out right, which totally stifles the flow, right? So flow, sometimes the flow might take us off into a different tangent, but it could be the most important pieces of information that go into that tangent. So we want to be careful with that. The mastery here or the highest expression uh, is impeccability. That's an interesting word to look up. What does that mean? I did, I did not look that up this morning, but it's it, from our human design perspective, it is the ability to attune to what is absolutely necessary to share and then trusting that whatever it is that we need beyond that will be there in the right timing with the right people for the right uh, reason to express it and uh, that we can relax and just know that everything is taken care of, right? That it's all going to be there. Now that's not a license to not prepare, right? So it's, so it's that fine line we walk between being prepared and being uh, able to fly by the seat of our pants. So I hope all that makes sense to people. Uh, good morning, Kathleen. She says, my sisters will be visiting me 720 to 24. I see the devil in the details in the over preparation. 
Right. I, I, I just went through this with camping, right? Because I'm sort of, I have Virgo moon. I have a Virgo Pluto, right? So planning for me is like important. And uh, I had way too many clothes, right? I took way too much stuff with me. But I can see where that preparation could serve me because I also then had warm enough clothes at nights in uh, nights that were much cooler than we had anticipated. So sometimes it's good. <laughs> Other times it could be, you know, too much. My suitcase was packed. Um, and when I came home, I had more clean clothes left over, uh, which was good, right? I didn't have as much laundry to do. Uh, okay, now let's look at the earth. Questions, first of all, let me go through here. Christine says, be impeccable with your words. One of the four agreements. Indeed, that's perfect. And uh, yes, perfect. Kajela says, I have the whole channel. So you have the 62 to the 17. And I know that JLo also has the 17. I don't know if you have the 62, but the 62 will be completed. And right now, Jupiter is at the 17. Holy moly, goodness gracious. We are all going to have that whole channel uh, 17 to 62 defined where maybe that's the more helpful part of all of this because the 17 is scientific thinking. It has the ability to be opinionated, but it also has the opinion that needs to be proven. So the way that we approve an opinion is we test it, right? We test our theories or we test our hypotheses and then they become theories and then they become laws of the universe kind of thing, right? So we have some extra help in all of this, helping us to align our thoughts so that we can manifest what we need to because the 62 is on the throat center. So we have the connection now from the Ajna to the throat, all of us, I am pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So very helpful. I think more grounding for us. Maybe we feel more uh, deliberate or more um, organized in the way that we're going about doing things. So if anybody has a big project to do or you're in the process of, of planning a trip or planning uh, something, this is going to be a great time to get that done. But there's always the earth, right? The earth is always going to bring up the challenge. And the earth is sitting at the gate 61. The gate 61 is a Capricorn gate, right? Because the earth is always opposite of the sun in our chart. So if you're a Gemini sun, you are a Sagittarian earth. If you are an Aries sun, you are a Libra earth, right? So you, you're never just what you think you are because it takes in the whole of the axis. So you've got both the gifts and even the uh, challenges of both signs, right, that are flowing into um, the, the strengths that you have of the sun. So earth here is in the lowest expression. Remember, Pluto was sitting at this gate for a year. It was the lowest expression was psychosis, right? <laughs> Doesn't that kind of describe our world over like, the? I think it actually he started in that sign in 2020 or in that gate and all through 2020, even into 2021, then he retrograded uh, and then moved. Now he's forward into the gate 60. So he's out of 61 at this point, but we still have the challenges of that psycho thinking of that um, insanity kind of thinking, right? Where the closed loop, where we are keep, we keep trying to do, we, we keep trying to solve problems in the same way, right? Thinking the same thoughts, but that is literally the definition of, of insanity and psychosis in a way where we get ourselves caught up in this loop and we can't get out of it. So the earth in this case, bringing up this challenge for us in moving out of psychosis and becoming inspired. So I'm looking at the gene keys here where it's psychosis in the shadow. It is the gift of inspiration, being inspirited. And it is the highest expression of sanctity. A word I keep thinking one of these days I want to deconstruct and find out what that means um, and, and apply it to this particular gate. I have yet to do it. But remember in our human design, this is called the gate of wonder. So when, when we can see things from a different point of view, where we don't close down our mind and only see things that can happen in certain ways, at certain times with certain people, in a certain 
you know, way of doing it, then wonder and awe can come into the picture, right? Where we could be curious. We could think what more is possible here instead of getting stuck in what is, right? So this is possibilities. This is changing our perspective. This is doing a little bit of dreaming, right? We have the moon going to be in Pisces over the weekend. And perhaps with the earth at the gate 61, we can use that to dream a little dream or maybe dream a big dream. And then being able to apply the thinking skills about how do I bring that dream into reality, right? I think this is awesome. Um, this can be difficulty in this gate. This is called the gate of, uh, or it's in the circuitry. That's the knowing circuit. So a lot of times what happens in the gate 61 is that we get information, but we don't know how we know what we know. We just know, right? We just know. And then somebody might ask us, you know, to prove why it is that that's why we're supposed to go that direction. They might say, why, why are you doing that? Why are you going there? Why, why, why? And we have trouble translating the why because we don't know. We just know, right? <laughs> Remember that's a third way of knowing we have logic and we have intuition and we have pure knowingness, right? So this is one of those gates of knowing. And then to be able to articulate what we know can be difficult because it's not, if this isn't a gate that connects to the throat, it connects to the Ajna, right? It's connecting to the Ajna. So it's ruling our thinking. So the lesson or the challenge is not to get lost in the thinking or into trying to figure out why. The more you try to figure out why, the more you're going to go down that spiral of thinking. And then you're going to lose the wonder and the awe, right? And the curiosity gets eaten up by trying to prove something or trying to get the why. Um, the unbalanced expression is allowing the pressure to know why to dictate what you do. And you begin to move into a very narrowed point of view. You almost end up backed up against a wall because knowing is not knowable. <laughs> knowing is, you you can't define it. I don't know how I know what I know. I, I don't know how I know what I know, and I don't know how I know what I do. So to teach what I do is somehow very difficult for me, right? So it's no, because I have mostly knowing circuit in my human design. In the mastery, this is the ability to see the purpose in the bigger picture. So we have the bigger picture where the earth is, and we have the smaller picture where the sun is, and we have to learn how to walk the balance between the two, right? We have to be able to see the forest and the trees and the roots and the rocks that you might trip over when you're walking through the forest, right? Those are the details. So again, we have the devils in the details, but you want to stick with the ability to see both, not to, you know, close that down. Uh, JLo calls it the rabbit hole. Indeed, right? That is, there is a part of that that is a rabbit hole. We can go into rabbit hole thinking and we don't come up from for air. I remember reading in, this was one of Jeffrey Green, Jeffrey Green Wolf, Jeffrey Wolf Green. He's an astrologer and he wrote a book about Pluto. And one of the placements of Pluto is frog in the well thinking. And I think I want to say it's, um, it might be about Pluto in Virgo, right? Um, where if you're a frog and you're at the bottom of the well and you're looking up, all you see is this one part of the sky. And if you develop an entire belief system around just this piece of the sky that you can see, you've kind of closed in your world. And how many times do we do that, right? We take an idea or we, uh, someone tells us something or someone teaches us something and we, we take it as the, the God's honest truth and the only truth. And we're only seeing this little bit of the sky. We can't see that there's this entire field around it, right? So it can be that frog in the well kind of thinking. So this week we're being urged to see the details, pursue the details, but also not lose sight of that bigger picture, right? The bigger sky that runs from horizon to horizon and even below the horizon up to the next horizon, right? The circular spiral nature of things. So uh, there we have that. Uh, thank you, Kathleen. Um, <laughs> Tanya, crap. I have, I have currently two of three head Ashna channels defined. No wonder I decided to take a 30-day mental break. 
Right. And I, I think what you have is the, don't you have the gate of self-doubt, which is the 63 defined. So if you have the 63 defined, you can get caught in a thinking loop of doubting yourself, doubting what you're thinking, doubting your motivations, being suspicious of everything that comes in. And then now if you have the 61 there defined as well, um, you want to know why, and you get caught up in that thinking pattern. And then if somebody out there also has the 64, now you add confusion to it as well. So the gates in the head are gates of confusion, gates of psychosis, uh, wanting to know why, and then self-doubt, which is why we say we don't make decisions from the mind, right? We don't, we don't, we don't get into our heads and make decisions because there's too much mental confusion and anxiety and worry that can come up by our thinking, right? The body has the wisdom, the lower parts of the body have the wisdom for making decisions. So yeah, the 6447, and that's about stinking thinking. It can be this mindset that you get into in the low process, right? The low energy of it that gets you caught up in only thinking things in a certain way, where if you, you know, elevate it a little bit just to the gift level, then it's, you know, the ability to see things in a broader horizon. And ultimately, in the highest expression, you're up in that tree with the tallest eagles, looking at a perspective that has so much width that you can see forever, right? You can see how things fit together in a different way. JLo, yes, my daughter has 61 connecting to the 24. Now the 24 is sometimes called the gate of rationalization. So we can bring in thinking, we can bring in um, some awesome thing, right? Some idea, some um, wonderful, awesome, mystical, magical thing, and then bring it in to the 24. And now we're trying to rationalize it. So for example, this whole expression of in the experience I shared with you early this morning about uh, Pauline, one of my clients who, you know, starts talking about this class that I'm teaching in July that I am not teaching in July, <laughs> but last year I was going to, right? That can come in. And rather than being seen as sort of the magical, mystical nature of the universe, I could rationalize that, right? I could bring it in and go, oh, well, she must have seen something. For, she, maybe she opened up an email from a long time ago and saw that and just missed that it was 2022 now and not 2021. I could rationalize all of that. That's what the 24 will do. And that can take the magic out of it right? That can take the magic out of it. Instead with 24, which meets with the 61, we are meant to see the magic in a bigger way and see the blessing in the magic, seeing the blessings and knowing that the world is a magical place, um, having gratitude for everything that is coming in, right? The gratitude for uh, yesterday, I walked outside of my door. It was, it was trash day. So I was taking the trash out. I walked out my door, totally didn't see that there were two deer in my yard under the tree, walked down to the trash can, dumped the trash in the recycling, turned around and came back up and went, whoa, two young bucks side by side under the tree. Um, it's a fruit tree. They were eating the lower leaves of the fruit tree. It's magic to me because I was born, my Mayan sign is two deer, right? Two deer. And every time I see two deer together, I think, oh, there's some kind of magical thing that's about to be expressed. A lot of people would go, oh, well, there's two deer. Of course, they're foraging and they're eating. And that takes the magic out of what we see. So we want both, right? We don't want to be so Pollyanna or so, you know, woo, that we aren't real. But we also want, we don't want reality to kill the magic of our very spiritual, very magical world that we live in. So uh, Arthur space, uh, it's happy. He says, happy to catch the live. It's great to have you with us as well. Uh, anyway, so, uh, I want to draw a couple of cards. Asa, there you are. Cosmic sister. Love you. And, uh, love. She's sending love to Christine as well. Awesome. Tanya says my unconscious earth is at 24. So unconscious earth. So this is your, your life purpose earth right? The life purpose earth then for you is to learn gratitude, 
to see the blessings in everything, to see the magic, not just the rationale behind everything. Okay. So find the magic, Tanya, live the magic. All right. So I'm going to pull us a couple of cards. Um, I'm going to pull us a Pleiadian wisdom just because I haven't used those a lot yet. And I wanted to play with those more. And I think I'm also going to pull an animal, an animal card for us for the weekend. Maybe this will be about, I can set this intention that these cards are going to help us move through the gate of details and the time of the superior conjunction of Mercury to the sun, helping us to use our minds in their right way and not becoming overwhelmed. Ooh, that card wanted out. <laughs> Evolution of gratitude. Be grateful for what you have rather than wishing for something else. Ah, oh, that's so gate 24. Oh my gosh. Did I blur myself out somehow? Because uh, now you guys can't even see settings. Here we go. Um, virtual background. None. There we go. Sorry about that. I didn't realize I was blurred. Okay, so now we have evolution of gratitude. By the way, it's card number eight. And I always love the eight. Remember the mirror image of, of the eight, the infinity, infinity symbol where part of it is the symbolization of our connection to heaven and it crosses at the heart into our connection on earth and back up to heaven uh, or back up to spirit and continues. And if we have it side to side, which is the infinity symbol, right? What we have is our heart to heart connection, the part that connects us. Thus our, my little symbol of the hummingbird here, joy that connects us heart to heart in that symbol. Okay. Sorry. I'm going on and on. Let's go to evolution of, of gratitude. Here we go. So this says, be grateful for what you have rather than wishing for something else. Retrain your mind that has been programmed to categorize everything into polarities of good or bad or abundance or lack. Reprogramming your mind to recognize everything simply as an experience without judging it encourages you to feel more trust in the universe and to feel more gratitude for what you already have. As you begin to think without categorizing everything, you will find you are more in harmony and unity, and you will realize what it means to be grateful for everything at a conscious soul level. Every experience you have is intended for your learning and evolution. Simply experiencing everything without judgment allows more gratitude and a higher vibratory response to life. Being thankful is a key to enjoying life more fully and happily. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want, but the realization of how much you already have. Ooh, be grateful. Advanced use. Uh, the universal energy eight is connection and abundance. Practicing gratitude eliminates the temptation to be jealous of what others have and create space for more unity and feelings of connection with everyone. So we have this beautiful card of evolution. All right, so... That's a great one. I don't think I could have planned that any better. Now let's get an animal card. Um, checking for comments, questions. M.A. Jules, hello to you. Oh, pretty. <laughs> I love spirit. Oh, my gosh. Coyote spirit, coyote spirit. When I think of Mercury as the trickster, I always think of the Native American, especially on the West Coast here. I'm not sure if all American Native American legends have a trickster character in the coyote, <laughs> but we do. And so we have coyote spirit today, card 16, which is a seven and said, trust in divine detours. Isn't she pretty? That is just such a pretty little coyote. Oh, okay, card number 16. Let's read this. And it was right side up. And 16 is right here. All right, Coyote. Do you find that you are being led on a strange detour in your life right now? Hmm. Does it seem that what appears to be the next right action and the next right choice, best situation or fabulous relationship unexpectedly turns into the opposite or just disappears into thin air as if you've been tricked? 
Coyote Spirits Trickster Energy is designed to bring you into situations to teach you lessons you have forgotten to learn. Perhaps you need to taste a failure before you experience success, a need to feel disappointment before you can truly appreciate the joy, love, and prosperity that is coming up for you. Perhaps you are revisiting a pattern you forgot wasn't in alignment with the life you were intending to co-create, being reminded that gratitude, not complacency, will keep you awake and aware of all that is available to you in this moment. Coyote Spirit reminds you to laugh about the unexpected twists, to develop humility and gratitude while releasing your attachments to the form of your desires. Even when you suddenly find yourself on a detour, wondering when you will get back on track to manifesting what you desire, remember that spirit has a plan and wants the best for you. Trust in divine order now. Coyote spirit is a divine helper. No matter what seems to go astray, things are exactly as they are supposed to be. <laughs> this is our Mercury conjunct the sun for sure. Coyote, right? Coyote spirit. All right, guys. Well, it's been wonderful being back with you today, and I'm excited to uh, go through this weekend. I'll be back on Monday, and uh, I was supposed to share also Venus into Cancer, I think. Oh, yes. Well, we'll do that on Monday. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend.